0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball podcast hosted by hashtagbasketball.com, your home for the best free fantasy basketball tools on the internet. Hashtagbasketball.com. Go check them out today. I'm your host, Mike Katrin. And joining me as always is my co host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler?
1: It is a great day, Michael. We are talking about a very fun topic, and that is some people to
0: get rid of in the yes. sell high
1: market. And yes. I like that.
0: There is nothing better. So, like, I mean, these are the keys to a good season, and, and and I think a lot of people try to buy low and sell high every week. And if you're do if you're trying to do that every week, great. Like that's exactly what you should be doing. Props to you. That's how you play the game. Like that's how you maneuver your way up. My issue is people who think they will always buy low and sell high every week, uh, and always overvalue their own players and put out bad trades, and 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 and, and, and don't make those slight adjustments. You're probably not going to make a trade every week. You may, probably should be trying to make a trade every week or so, but you're, you're not going to make a trade every week. It's not going to happen nor do I think you should make a trade every week. Yeah, the, the, the market is too much in flux, especially at the beginning of the season. Uh, small sample size theater out there. Uh, we, we do not have people reverting to the mean right now, which is a good time to exploit people who you need to buy low, which uh, go listen to our earlier buy lows this week and last week. But um, sometimes you could sell high on a guy that uh, is actually really good, and you blew it.
1: Yeah, and just –
0: I think if
1: you trade too much, you're cycling through maybe too many players, and you're not holding someone who could be potentially great.
0: Absolutely, but um, some of these players, I think, are pretty obvious sell highs here. Um, I'm going to start out with one of the guys who was in our. Um, I believe he was in uh, some of the, the the topics that we've talked about in the last couple episodes. Uh, and this is a guy's name who I cannot say, uh, Bializia, Bializia. can't do it, Tyler, I can't do it, I'm I'm too no. Midwestern, I just can't do it.
1: Okay, B-y-a-l-i-t-za. Bializia, well, that rhymes
0: with pizza, Bia Pizza, so, <laughs> Nietzschello, Bia
1: Pizza, Okay, so here's the really cool thing about Mr. Nemanja Bielica, Okay, um, If Kings have played ten games, okay, they're six and four. Now, I don't know that anybody thinks that's going to last, right?
0: Mm, I certainly – I actually hope so because I want the Bulls to be uh, terrible and the, the Kings to actually finally get out of the Bulls' way of being terrible. Um, but – I don't think that's going to last at all, though. I do think Bielitsa's, uh value and and position in the starting lineup is a little bit more is a little bit more permanent than some people are giving him credit for.
1: Sure, okay, that's fine, and they paid him, so you could say that. Um, he's only playing twenty six minutes a game though, and if you break that down further by wins and losses, now this is an early season trend, but. It's really kind of crazy. So in the games that they've won, he's played 30.9 minutes. He's averaging 18 points, 7.2 rebounds, and and 3.5 assists. If you look at the four games they lost, he's averaging only 20 minutes a game, and basically every one of those stats I just read gets cut in half. He's averaging 9 points, 3.8 rebounds, and only 1.8 assists. Now, call it small sample size, call it a fluke, but I think that they see reasons to go when they're behind, and perhaps it's maybe just a matchups thing. I don't super know, but I am worried a little bit about Bielitsa playing the massive minutes, and in 25 minutes a game, I'm not sure Bielitsa is... I think he's fantasy relevant, but I'm not sure he's must own. And I think he's getting picked up in a lot, a lot of leagues. And if that number, minutes number goes down even a little bit, I think that's probably going to eliminate his value. And you can just look at a lot of things that aren't super sustainable, like the 56% shooting. Um, He's never really been there. He's doubling his his career high in assists. And he's only playing six minutes more g- well, per game.
0: I would say, like in the short term, Bealiza Biel- is is definitely a uh, ownable player, a, a a rosterable player. Yeah, but should okay, to be, be on everybody's roster should not be on the waiver wire in any league. But I, I, I'm with you in the long term. Right now, per game, he is ranked 31st. That's definitely not sustainable. 56 percent for the field, definitely not sustainable. Um, I do think, like, the the 26, 27 minutes is a lot more sustainable than uh, maybe you do. But it's a good point to say we don't know. There is a risk there. And the worst-case scenario is he falls back into 20 minutes a game and is not standard league relevant at all. And now you have a player not standard league relevant that you have to drop for no value. So why not go? Go look for someone who you know is going to stay top seventy, uh, consistently top seventy valuable, and get him on your roster instead of taking a risk. This is not a uh, don't play the hot hand. This is a have less risk on your team by moving Bielitsa. and I, I like that logic, Tyler. I'd
1: trade, I'd trade Bielitsa to get Goran Tragic uh, seven days a week and twice on Sunday.
0: That's too many times. I only uh, uh, trade him like four days a week, but (laughs) I I think I like his, um, I guess, position in this rotation a little bit more than you, but you do have a much uh, closer view of the Sacramento Kings due to your time as uh, being held hostage as having to beat right (laughs) for the Sacramento Kings. Oh,
1: and here's the other thing we know about Jaeger too. Like at a moment's notice, he will just change the rotation and it may not make a lot of sense to anybody but him.
0: Yes, it's, it probably won't. Um, So do, I mean, and I think, always when you're looking at buy low and sell high, like the first thing that I always look at at players when their rankings are off, whether it's too low or too high. um, I look at that field goal percentage and go, Oh yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, And and that's what you should be looking at too. When someone's trying to offer you somebody like, Oh, what's going on here? Why is this guy ranked so high? Oh yeah. He's shooting, you know, above 50%. And this is actually uh, goes right into the next guy on our uh, sell-high list here. And I think this was pretty obvious. He is having a monster start to the beginning of the season, an old favorite. Uh, Serge Ibaka shooting close to 60% from the field, well, so- hitting, hitting a half a three a game, so he's shooting less threes. So that's positive. uh But, you know, like, other <laughs> than that, like doing very similar Serge Ibaka things that normally just happens to be scoring 18 points a game because his field goal percentage is so damn high. So I mentioned this guy last week, and
1: I'll push back on you on that he's doing normal Serge Ibaka things because we've seen the last three seasons in more minutes than he's playing this season. He has averaged 6.8, 6.8, and 6.3 rebounds. He's averaging... Seven
0: point six this season. Mm, now you, you could, know, I you feel could, like that's well within the margin of error, right? Well, and
1: you, you could say he's playing center too. Like he's starting at center, and he, yeah. we mentioned this, he's played all his minutes at center, so that could be a reason for that uh, statistic. And I'm okay with that, but that number could potentially go down by half a rebound to a rebound, and obviously that hurts his value a little bit. The points are not sustainable. We've never seen him average 18 points, but the real reason I put him back on the list, cause I try not to to do the same players every week. And I think that just, you know, gets the show to be monotonous, but I think a lot of people tuned in to watch that Lakers game on Sunday. And he it, dropped 34 yeah. points. And he got And he made 15 of his 17 shots. He got 10 rebounds. He got two steals. And, I think maybe
0: his value may never be higher than it is at this moment. So this, is a, pe- this is a really good point. I'm really glad you brought this up because public sell high is a thing. I've done it. I've traded players who had great nights on national television against major teams because of that one night. Everyone's watching just like you're saying a bucket dropped 34 and they're like, damn, maybe, I, maybe I should get that guy on my team. This right, and- happens. It works. And it was his second
1: 30-point game of the season, and people like were already clamoring a little bit that he was hot, right? Oh, I mean, he's playing so much better. He's so much better fit as just the center, blah, 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 like that narrative, that narrative, that narrative. And then he had the big game, and I think now you might be able to spring the trap. You might even be able to sell this dude for a top 50, 60 player, and I just don't think he's going to be a top 50, 60 player at the end of the season.
0: Yeah, I think you got to shoot for a top 50 player here just because of the how well he's playing. Um, I will. I will throw a caveat in here. This feels like if you're playing with people who know what they're doing, they they see they're going to see this one coming. So they're going to look at Serge Ibaka and go, "Yeah, buddy, uh, you're trying to you're trying to pull uh, uh, somebody in the top fifty off my team for Serge Ibaka. You're not going to make it happen." But this could be in those t- uh, scenarios. You got to sweeten the deal. You got to maybe a two for one. Maybe you add in another player. Uh, Ibaka still is going to have some value to those to those veteran players, um, and, and you go look at what Ibaka did just two seasons ago, playing thirty minutes a game, you know, fifteen points, uh, seven rebounds, hitting one point five threes a game. I don't know if he probably won't get to that point at all, but um, he can be someone who is is reliable and like almost like some some leagues Ibaka was going undrafted like he was being picked in those 12 10 11 12 rounds and uh, a a, a boring name
1: well a lot of that had to do with ESPN ranked him like super low I'm not
0: gonna I'm not gonna let people blame ESPN shitty rankings for uh, not picking him uh, as as a top 100 player because he's a top 100 player he always has been and we've said so we said that going into the season, and uh, he's going to be a top 100 player this year. But he's not. Uh, he's not going to be a top 50 player. So, I got an
1: interesting trade that I will offer you right now on the air. Oh my god! Here's the move. Okay, you got Bielitza and Serge Ibaka. Okay. Okay. I've got Mr. Aaron Gordon.
0: Hmm. So you're going to throw two sell-high guys for one of our buy-low guys that we talked about in the last episode. Yes, sir. I'm going to do it. Mm, And I'm going to – this is a regular standard league, uh, 12-team, 9-cat.
1: Yep, 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 sure.
0: All All the good stuff. Probably playing head-to-head because that's what everybody plays. Too afraid to play Roto. Um, Hmm. and I, I have, I, I have Aaron Gordon, or you have Aaron Gordon. I, uh,
1: I have the Aaron Gordon, and you have the two.
0: Yeah, I, I uh, you know what? I don't know. Yeah, I'd make that. I, I would send that trade. I'd say, okay, check it out. Yeah, I think that that's kind of a good move to make in the sense that I just don't know. Because it's I really mean, cause when you think about it, it's a baka for Aaron Gordon. Yeah, and
1: so you know you're making an upgrade, and I think those are good shrewd moves to make too. Is a lot of times you could package a guy you picked up off the waiver wire who's playing really well with another lesser player and get a top fifty type guy, because people are like, oh man, well you know that that guy for that guy doesn't seem that great, but when you add in this guy who's playing so good right now. And I've even seen it in leagues where people know what they're doing. It happens because some people just buy into a guy like Bielitsa's start. Like, oh, he's definitely going to play these minutes. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. And they'll make the move. And then they'll regret it at the end of the season going, man, I can't believe I bought
0: into that guy. Like, Oh, I'm an idiot. Bielitsa was, turns out, not good. And the Kings suck. And I, why do I ever trust the Kings? Why do I trust them with anything? And you could probably just rewrite – I can write that rant at the end of every season. Um, it's it's It happens every year, and it will happen this year, 100%. So another guy that you have on this list, Karis LeVert, off to a great start to the season. Only one really super dud game he has, uh, you know, over – Wow, that's a, I'm impressed. He's got 11 steals in the last four games. That's so, really impressive. Um, he is playing out of his mind. He is shooting above his career field goal percentage. He is shooting above uh, his, his uh, average free throw percentage as well. And he is getting the most, I think the most steals he's ever gotten. Though he is young, he is a guy who could improve. He's scoring 20 points a game. And he's playing the most minutes he's ever played too. But I want you to take your
1: magic fingers out, and I want you to look up for me where he's ranked right now. And then I want to ask you a very important question. Okay. That per game. Sh- go ahead. Per game.
0: You you want total or per game?
1: Uh, it, there everyone's played relatively about the same amount of games right now, so let's just go per game is fine.
0: Um. Currently, Karis Levert from the Brooklyn Nets is ranked 42nd per game in nine cat leagues. Okay. Perfect. So the question is, where
1: does Karis Levert finish the season? Because the narrative is he's scoring 20 points a game. He's looking good. Some people thought he was going to break out and now he's quote unquote breaking out after 10 games. Um, I'll say this, though. The Nets started him a combined 36 games in his career before this season. He's, this is his third year. So maybe even the Nets didn't believe in him that much until now. And now they're kind of making this stink about, ooh, you know, we wanted to get him the ball more, and we wanted to do this, and we wanted to do that. But it could just be because they've had some injuries to Alan Crabb and Damari Carroll and – they're, you know, they kind of been forced to thrust Karis LeVert into a larger role, but I'm kind of interested to see what you think of where at the end of the season, when we're looking back, I don't care if you want to do per game or totals doesn't really matter. Like, where do you see Karis LeVert fitting into the the grand Um, scheme?
0: He is playing a larger role on this team, but I, I, I do actually think he's playing a larger role on this team for a reason. He's, he's a young talent. He is, um, really improved um, every year. And so it's not really out of like normal variance to have someone who's 24 years old uh, taking a mini leap. Um, am I, am I expecting him, he, him to be a top 40 fantasy player? No, probably not. Once there's more, um, a few more miles to feed in Brooklyn, uh, his usage might go down just a little bit, but I'm, I'm not like gonna throw him in the trash. I'm not gonna throw him in the gutter here. Uh, They do play quite a few teams in the East, so you know his his ability to play minutes and score is going to be fine. I think he could be somewhere in the sixty five range when it's all said and done this year. We know that plateau from forty to eighty is there, and I think he is in kind of in the middle. Of that uh, of that first plateau
1: yes I am with you 100 percent and I think there are definitely people who are valuing him as a top 50 player
0: um you know, that's look- weird there might be people evaluating him as a top like 50 40 player and there might be people evaluating him as like a, a sub 100 player because they're like I don't trust this guy that's probably true too
1: um I think that's there's probably a lot less valuing him sure. on the low end of that scale. But, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm Third. with you. And, and that's why, you know, you have a lot a lot more teams in your league. You know, you, you got to find the right deal. Um, I got a list of a bunch of players I would trade uh, Karis LeVert and try to get. Um, Eric Blitzo, he hasn't had the greatest start to the season. And so I've seen some people
0: a little bit worried about him. Um, yeah, that's actually been really weird. Those Milwaukee games sometimes I got – uh, Bledsoe and Middleton on one team and like sometimes they just go off, but other times they're, they're smoking the other team so bad that they're just like sitting.
1: Yeah. But I mean, at the end of the season, like I think Bledsoe ranks much, much oh, higher.
0: Yeah. Um, Perfectly fine.
1: A couple other guys, you know, that we mentioned on our buy low list, you could trade him for Jeff Teague. I think Jeff Teague at the end of the season is, ends up much more valuable than Karis LeVert. Um, I'll even say Jason Tatum which we mentioned on our buy low list. Like, I don't know that you can make that move just because Tatum obviously feel like has a lot of name value. Um, but there's another guy I'd much rather have than Karis LeVert. Yeah, um, I agree. And, we, I mean, we can name a, probably a bunch more guys. Mike Conley, like, all those guys I'd rather have than Karis LeVert. And I just feel like Karis LeVert, you know, you can probably move Karis LeVert and get one of those guys that's a little more safe.
0: Uh, I'm with you. Like, he, there is some risk there. I do think there's a lot of upside. Uh, I think for the experts out there, um, or at least people who play uh, fantasy basketball, uh, there's probably guys, like you're saying, who really, really value him. And they're like, oh, yeah, like I had him on my sleeper list and uh, right next to Jared uh, Jared Allen. And uh, like he's really performing and I really want him on my team. He's going to definitely do this the rest of the season. Uh, Some people get a little too ahead of themselves on that kind of stuff. And then you got the flip side, like I said, it's, it's, it's a lot less, but it's the it's the guys who play a lot, who like think two steps ahead and they don't need to, and they, they basically out-trick themselves where they're like, well, Karis LeVert's going to fall off the planet obviously at some point, so I need to I need to sell him. Just like I don't need to sell high, I just need to sell him. And then you end up selling him for like a top 75 player and then Karis LeVert still finishes ahead of that guy and you're you you've out you've outfoxed yourself, <laughs> you double crossed yourself, yeah, you're an idiot is what yeah. you are so stop uh stop doing that
1: <laughs> stop living your idiot life
0: that's right um a couple of the, uh, the next two guys on this uh list on this sell high list are pretty high up uh, not just name recognition, not just normal value but right now very very valuable um I'm very impressed with the start uh, that Kyle Lowry has had to the season on this Toronto Raptors team, this smoking hot Toronto Raptors team. Um, no Damari, uh, Damari. Yeah, no Damari Carroll. So, you know, the, the ball's flowing free. Uh, Did no, you just like throw out on 2013 Toronto Raptors reference? I, I had a, a brief stroke and I thought it was 2013. And I thought Damari Carroll was playing, uh, was having a breakout 29-year-old year. Uh, so props to Damari Carroll. Uh, I'm talking about DeMar DeRozan. Whether you want to admit it or not, DeMar DeRozan is a bit of a, a black hole when it comes to the, the basketball. And uh, when he gets the ball, he dribbles it, he pounds it, he backs people in. And he's very, very good at what he does. Certainly better than uh, Mello at that. But now, Kalari in a fl- free flowing offense is averaging 18 points and 11 and a half assists. I think he's, is he leading the league in assists right now. Fact, he is leading the league in assists. Wow, and he's shooting 50%. Talk about like obvious unsustainable stats.
1: And not only that, he's averaging 0.6 blocks a game, and his career-high blocks per game is 0.4. So that's probably not sustainable. And on the shot attempts he's taking, there's no way he's going to average 18 points. And so, yeah, there's a lot of ways that Kyle Lowry is going to fall off. But here's the other thing, too. Okay, So I thought Kyle Lowry was getting fairly drafted um before the season but it was bol- a little bit below where he had been yeah, drafted it felt in the like past. It,
0: it felt like a little bit lower than he should but like not like insultingly where you're like what the hell's going on here you're like okay yeah he takes a few steps back okay fine and so i think you could probably maybe get
1: him for that value that we saw him get drafted at the last two or three years and Like, here's a deal you could maybe make. Like, could you take your Kyle Lowry and get Jimmy Butler? I think that's a net Mm, win for you. I think so. And so, like, a player like that, um, maybe (laughs) you could take your Kyle Lowry and get a Victor Oladipo who hasn't started off super, super hot. I think that's probably a win for
0: you. Yeah, I like that. I like that move too. Here's where I'm going to throw a little wrench in there, though. Uh, Kyle Lowry always gets off to smoking hot starts and then kind of falls off. Uh, So this is, like, very typical of him. Uh, He often, like, in those years where he was, like, uh, per game 11, per game 13, he would get off to such a hot start that his, like, mediocre second halves, he still ended up per game, like, 13. So this is very typical of a Kyle Lowry season where he gets off to smoking Smoking hot start. Not sure I want to trade him just yet. And if the assists are up now, 11 and a half, that's, I I don't believe that for a second, but eight and a half. In a league that doesn't really have guys who make good assists much more than eight. Um, Just because he's got a little bit of better team around him. Is that sustainable? Yeah, I, I mean, it certainly could be. Uh, I'm not, I'm not ready to sell high on Kyle Lowry, but I, I think you are right that, like, you know, uh, Oladipo, Jimmy Butler. That's what
1: I mean. Okay, so am trying. Term
0: to, is there is the right choice?
1: I'm trying to capitalize on a high, um, a mid, a mid to high second round player for him. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think. I think if you, that's the maximum you're ever going to get for him. So if you can make that value now, great. I also think the minutes could step back a little bit. He's playing 34 a game. Um, We've seen DeLon Wright miss some time. We've seen Fred Van Vliet miss a game or two, which are obviously Lowry's two primary backups. And so I think that pushed them to play Lowry a little bit more. I think they probably won him more around that 32 minutes a game he played last season. So you also got to look at that, like two minutes less per game doesn't sound like that much, but at the same time, that's two minutes less to get rebounds and get assists and get steals and get blocks and get points. And so, yeah, I think we're just seeing a lot of unsustainable stuff. And if you can capitalize at the maximum value you're ever going to get for Kyle Lowry, I think now's an opportunity to search that out. Now, if you can't get it, then sure. You just ride Lowry a little longer. Maybe you can get it later on, but Maybe you can't. And so maybe just ride Lowry out the rest of the season. Like we're talking sell high. And we're not talking sell for his value. You know, and that's where like this kind of gets a little confusing. Like, I'm not trying to sell Kyle Lowry for a third round player where he was picked. I'm trying to sell him for a second round player
0: and get yeah. some
1: some juice.
0: And that makes a lot of sense. And that's like the kind of the uh, the old um problem with I think a lot of people they hold on to their guys a little too long. And I'm I'm guilty of that. Uh, everyone's guilty of that at some point in a fantasy season. Uh, Kyle Lowry, who, when you think about it, you know, by the end of the year, whereas he finished top 25, top 30, uh, he's currently ranked eighth. If you can get a guy like Jimmy Butler, who could be like, you know, 12th, 13th overall. uh, And and especially when you think about like the huge difference between the 30th ranked player and the 12th ranked player uh, versus like those later rounds where like 40 and 80 are all kind of the same. um, That is worth it in the long term and Kyle Lowry starts falling off a little bit, you know, he's in that 17, 18 range, you're probably not going to be able to get an Oladipo or a Jimmy Butler for starting to come back down to earth Kyle Lowry. Um, You're you're at least less likely to. And so right now is probably the right time. Um, I'm still, you know, I'm still probably going to ride him for a couple more weeks. But, um, you know, this is the risk reward. Like, you know, you're going to give up two, three, maybe even uh, four weeks of premium Kyle Lowry so you can have two months at the end of the season of premium Jimmy Butler. And that's like, you know, you got to be able to delay that, uh, I guess that uh, reward by taking that risk now. And that's uh, that's what you're going to have to do with these high name players like Kyle Lowry and like the next guy on this list, uh, Joel Embiid uh, making an appearance on the cell high. Uh, I'm gonna guess Tyler's uh, uh, affinity for Joel Embiid to break every bone in his in his in his legs um, is, is gonna factor into this a little bit. But Joel Embiid's playing out of his mind.
1: I'm gonna even set that aside. I'm not even gonna talk about that.
0: Today. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Okay. So the Sixers have
1: played the most games of any team. They've played 11. Joel Embiid played in all 11. Okay. Um, The stats, when you look at them, don't seem that unsustainable for Joel Embiid. He's shooting relatively the same percentages he shot last year, save his free throw percentage, which is quite a bit higher, and he's taking quite a
0: bit more attempts. Impressive. He's taking almost 10 attempts a game at 80%, which has bumped his scoring up to 28 per game. Impressive. So
1: he's playing absolutely fantastic and I think people are looking at that going this is a Joel Embiid we've been waiting for and I just don't think he pushes into that top eight range that we talk about all the time right like those first eight picks are kind of pretty set in stone and I really just through the length of the season don't think Joel Embiid pushes into that and I think you might be able to trade Joel Embiid right now for one of those players like a Carl Anthony Towns
0: we talked about that going into the season. Like you got to take a swing on a guy if you're at the bottom of your uh, round, the first round. You got to take a swing on some guys, and like Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, those are the guys that uh, had the potential to break into that top twelve, right? And here, Joel Embiid is doing that. But you got to mitigate some of that risk. And uh, Tyler didn't didn't want to mention the injury risk, but it's out there. 34 minutes a game is easily the most um, Joel Embiid's ever played. Um, he played only 30 minutes a game last year. Still put up very good numbers, but uh, only in 63 games. Let's say, you know, he plays 70 games. I think I took the over on our – whatever our plus uh, or over-under was for Joel Embiid games this year. I, I'm pretty sure I took the over and Tyler took the under. But, um, why not mitigate that risk with a guy who has finished in the top five consistently or a top 10 consistently, like your Kawhi Leonards, your uh Car Anthony Towns, and uh, you know, a, couple, a couple other players out there? Uh, James Harden is not in the top 10 right now, though I think it'd be kind of hard to pick up James Harden in this particular scenario now that he came back James it's gonna be hard to pick up too but maybe now that he came back Harden would be tough but if you see
1: one of these guys get a little nagging injury over the next couple days like I don't know Durant Harden Curry one of those guys right Ooh, they're questionable Ooh, they might sit out this game those little nicks on a star player factor in so much like some guys get so worried that oh, God, and it was hamstring with Harden, and we've seen plenty of guys miss a month with a hamstring injury. Like Some people hear hamstring, and they're like, oh, I'm so worried I'm going to be without James Harden for a while. And they're willing to make a move they shouldn't make. Um, Carl Anthony Towns hasn't had the greatest start to a season. That's where I would start. I would just find the Towns owner and be like, hey.
0: What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Joel Embiid doing pretty good. Uh, Actually, give me another piece, too, because he's doing better than Carl Anthony Towns. Come on. Uh, same with like Giannis. Giannis is uh, obviously playing really, really well, but you look at his per uh, nine cat and it's like 19th. And so you go, oh, okay, maybe some people play that way. Some people look at the rankings, and the rankings only. Uh, you shouldn't play that way at all. Um, I'd even perhaps maybe consider Paul George only shooting 39% right now. And Westbrook uh, tweaked an ankle. We don't know how serious it is. Uh, we'll, we'll find out probably pretty soon, but if Paul George has got to carry that team, he's probably going to shoot more than better than 39% at some point. Um, that might be like as low as I go with Joel Embiid. That's if like, I'm, I'm worried a little bit about the risk around his health or whatever, but uh, that might be as low as I go.
1: Yeah. And I mean, here's the other way to think about your life if you had Paul George, like I did ranked the head of Joel Embiid to start the season, like should any 10 or 11 or 12 game sample size really change that? Like we haven't really seen anything from Joel Embiid that's that crazy yeah. and such that he gets a little more foul trouble, which is his fouls are as high as they've ever been. Um, if he gets in foul trouble a little bit, you know, he could have a couple games where it knocks his minutes down some and, then we're looking at closer to what he did last year, and then Paul George is probably better. So, yeah, I mean, you got to look at those kind of things. Like, don't let that 10 games fool you. If you had Paul George at the beginning of the season, like maybe you're still making
0: an upgrade, even though it doesn't look like you're making an upgrade. Yeah, you got you got to remember that kind of like the look-ahead line when you're thinking about betting on, uh, on football and stuff. Okay, yeah, this team got blown out the, the week before, but two weeks ago, they were like six point favorites going going against the a, a certain team. Just because they got blown out, like maybe that's just a small sample size issue. And that's the same problem here. Joel and B, small sample size issue. Paul George, small sample size. By the time everything evens out, all the games are played. You're looking at something much closer to your original look ahead, your original predictions, and you should trust those like maybe you're wrong. Maybe you were wrong. Maybe Joel Embiid stays healthy and plays 34 minutes and you you made the wrong switch. But if you want to mitigate some of that risk, uh, you know, now's the time to do it with Joel Embiid playing so well and being healthy and playing 34 minutes a game
1: so just something to think about there and i mean that's that's kind of how you got to sell high like you're never gonna be able to super sell high on some guy who plays one hot game or
0: who just does something super crazy and And it's always hard to move those guys at the top of the at the top of the league
1: yeah it is and it, it is and it's not too right like i mean if you're looking for a deal you can always find one but at the same time like to get a deal that you feel great about i always think it's much harder to do because like some trades i look at it and i'm like i definitely won that one and even if it doesn't work out i feel like my process was right at the end of the season i'm not that upset but if i trade two players that are very highly ranked like especially one for one i sometimes look back at the end of the season and be like man i should have stuck with what i drafted because what i drafted was the right
0: yep people get anxious especially right around this time uh people panic in the first two weeks but then people this is when people go "Uh, something is actually wrong with my team Uh, i need to do something and it's still a very small sample size right now so uh don't get too crazy but also exploit those who are getting nervous uh with our buy low and sell highs for this week uh that is it for sell high and uh, we really appreciate all you guys listening uh leave feedback for the show if you get if you want to hear more stuff like this uh different topics you got questions for the show And just, or questions just for me and Tyler, uh, send us feedback on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at watch the boxes. You can find Tyler at Tyler P Watts. That's W A T T S. And uh, we're always open to new ideas for the show, new topics. And we want to basically put out the content that you want to hear. You're the listener. That's the whole point of this. So if you're not getting what you want and you want to hear something else, let us know and we'll adjust accordingly. Uh and we've been doing that. We've been getting good feedback from our Patreon subscribers out there, Patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Go join now. It helps support this show and you will get exclusive content during the season. Uh, and Tyler's got something up his sleeve, I think, for our Patreons. I can't give it away yet, Mike. Don't don't tempt me. Don't tell I'm excited. Uh we're not gonna tell anybody. This is a super secret Patreon exclusive content. So patreon.com slash watching the boxes. If you want to check that out, uh, that's it. We will see you soon. Thanks for listening and good night.